understand our next guest is in Ensenada. I've had some good times in Ensenada, I'll tell oh, you yeah. that. Yeah. I expect this interview will end up with one or both parties hanging up angrily. You go into it expecting we'll, that? We will venture into the unknown. Okay. I'm just half, I'm mostly kidding. Last time we went in with that attitude is when we talked to David Cassidy, and we were right. Oh, boy. The late David Cassidy. Late and lamented. Jackie Sponsler, cannabis nerd, is a cannabis activist, investor, reporter, master grower, entrepreneur, international woman of mystery, and believes uh, that uh, there should be free pot for the homeless. Uh, exactly what that would accomplish, I do not know, but we're going to ask her. Jackie, welcome. How are you? Thank you, Jack and Joe. Um I'm good. How are you? Oh, super. We understand you're in beautiful Ensenada. What are you up to there? Um, I actually just purchased a property here, and I'm um, I developing it. My partner and I developing it into a cannabis bed and breakfast. Cannabis a, friendly. A cannabis friendly bed and breakfast in Ensenada. <laughs> yeah. What are the, There's a time in my life I'm gonna swung, swung by. <laughs> yeah. What are What are the? I don't even know what the marijuana. Yeah, what are the marijuana lo- marijuana laws in Baja? I don't even know. <laughs> well, that's the reason why I'm saying it's cannabis friendly and not cannabis bed and breakfast is because it's BYOB, bring your own bud okay. <laughs> for the for the time being. <laughs> fair, fair enough. So, uh, so do you ever smoke the marijuana? Go down and find... <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that? How how many marijuanas do you inject on a daily basis? That's that's a running joke I have with my daughter. Never mind. So, listen, tell us about this. A lot of giggling from this marijuana enthusiast. Hey, hey, now let's uh, let's talk about the idea of uh, getting the uh, the homeless high. Uh, What in hell are you talking about, Jackie? Well, uh, a little bit more than being high. I personally am a um, I have epilepsy, and I cannabis has helped me become the crazy cannabis nerd that's traveled around the world and opened six different companies in six different countries um, all by the age of 29. Wow. Um, I've done this, yeah, I've done this all, you know, without doing, um, primarily when I was off all pharmaceuticals for my epilepsy and other health conditions that I have. I got it when I was 10 years old from meningitis. And um, it's, 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 it's helped my life a lot. And um, I've kind of ventured into different activism groups and, you know, awareness things, including drug and alcohol um, outreach programs in Israel. I did some stuff with Dr. Razouk, who is the one of the leading doctors and main doctor who helped push for legalization. Okay, that's, that's, an impressive, that's an impressive biography you've got of what you've accomplished. How does that apply to giving uh, right. the homeless so weed? Right, so we have radical, we have PTSD, so I'm explaining my little activism thing. So I have these certain things that I've gone, and when you see, one of the reason why I'm bringing up those two cases in particular is because when you look at the demographics of the homeless population, a lot of them are afflicted with drug and alcohol problems, we know this, and also there's PTSD. A lot of them are, are veterans that serve their country, and we just kind of toss to this streets and never really helped him with PTSD and mental health problems. And from my own personal experience and throughout the world, I have, um, and when, you know, I'm also a resident in Israel and Israel's been studying cannabis in the 1960s with Dr. Michelle's finding a PhD in CBD in 1963. And 
So basically, you're from a land full of medical research, and I basically taken those things where they are not allowed federally in the United States, taken those findings and applied them to places in America where you can help. And the truth is, is I know with scientific backing that cannabis helps with um, with statistically look at places where places have legalized cannabis and the numbers of drug hard drug overdoses and uses have gone down. Right. And we we do know from Israel it's a war conflicted place and every single person has to serve three years in the military. A lot of people have PTSD and cannabis has helped substantially greatly in that country with the people that have PTSD. So when I look at the homeless and everybody complains and that's a multi layered problem, they all have their own issues and stuff like that. From my own personal experience of what I've done in cannabis, I know that, hey, look, there's a common denominator to kind of help all those problems. And, you know, I'm not just only giving a pot, I'm giving him the food and toilet trees and everything. And for me, it's, for me, like, you know, in my experience of doing this, we, the homeless event, I've met homeless people with the same diseases, like epilepsy or ailments as me or other people I've served in. They they come into tears because they know that they don't have access to pharmaceuticals or you know normal medicine, and they're living on the streets with these diseases. A lot of them are not on hard drugs. A lot of them I'll actually even turn down pot. People were surprised for that. And you know when they when they they've heard that cannabis helps, or they know that cannabis helps. I've had an epileptic girl. You know, part of me wants just as an experiment to see if you would ever stop talking, ever pause, <laughs> ever take a break. She's an advocate, Jackie Sponsler, weed the homeless. Um, so, I think my, I think my fiance wonders the same thing. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> so, does he smoke a little bit? He's also in the cannabis industry. Um, he, he he probably should. Oh, oh, now listen, uh, seriously, okay. I have known. I don't know what percentage of vets or uh, homeless people are vets with PTSD. I don't think it's a lot. But it is some, and I will grant you, I have known a couple who were dealing with their their situation by drinking, and they became angry, violent people that they and their loved ones didn't like, and then they started smoking pot, and they became uh, quiet, contemplative people dealing with their problems. And so I'm fully in favor of if a vet wants to try that, and you know, at, frankly, on the West Coast, you can be anybody and smoke pot for any reason at this point. So right. that ship is more or less sailed. Uh, so the uh, four events so far, first one was Venice, last one was in, in San Diego. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll... do you, how do you keep stoners who just want free pot from taking advantage of this? Uh, well, you know, I'm in the. It's funny, like, I, well, the first two events actually took place on Thanksgiving, Christmas, on the boardwalk in Venice, and there was a lot of tourists that were asking for it. I'm sure. Asking they can just pay for it. And I'm like, no, it's not about the money. I'm just like, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, yeah, just tell them. Like, I, I, I basically give them, you know, I'm Jewish. So I give them that Jewish guilt, and I just say, you know, you're giving are you taking this joint from this um, event or these people are taking one joint out of a homeless person? And since you're in a position like myself to give and purchase your own marijuana, I encourage you to do the same. So I kind of guilt them on that and it kind of shuts them up. They usually don't do it, but. That's yeah, some good guilt, though. I'll yeah. give you that. There you go. Jackie Sponsler. That's my mom. We the, we the homeless. Jackie, I tell you what, I think your heart is good. And uh, and we wish you luck, and and we'll we'll stay in touch and see what happens. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. No problem. Uh, health and happiness to you and your poor, beleaguered fiance. I will hit you. Yeah. I'll hit you with some text. There are five layer oh, weddings. Just, just hit me with them only if they're kind. <laughs> Because I will not have unkindness on the Armstrong and Getty show under my watch. Uh, there are five-layer wedding cakes that aren't as thoroughly baked as that woman. That's kind of oh, funny. Oh, boy. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, so many words. <laughs> she was just getting warmed up. I thought she was she was catching some steam there. Uh, I smoke pot, but I made, she made me want to quit cold turkey. Wow. Wow. That's, see, that's uncharitable. Uh, as an Iraq and Afghanistan veteran, I'm really tired of liberal whack jobs pretending that half of us can't handle life after deployment and end up on the streets. To me, this would just be another example of you got it. There's somebody's got to do a study and tell me how many of what we've got. Mm-hmm. When people say there's a lot of this and there's a lot of that and there's a lot of this, you're just making that up for whatever cause you've got. You don't know that. Well, there's some of it. Yeah, but is it yeah. a lot? Is it most? Is it five percent? Let's try to figure that out. I can't think of a lot of downsides to the homeless being stoned. Um, my well, except that they might be taken advantage of by predators because it dulls your, uh, you know, who's who's senses. Oh, center. come on, um, who who's come per- on what? What are you talking? You wouldn't about? want to dull the senses of some of the, the homeless people I see. Their senses are pretty dull. <laughs> Most of them I see walking around. They don't seem to be that concerned about it. Yeah, well, all right. Um, my question would be, as long as I'm not paying for it, I don't want my taxpayer money going for it. Yeah, this chick's in the growing business. I so, think uh, uh, anybody it would help, maybe it would help them. And the people that just want to smoke pot probably already are. So I can't imagine having any downside. What could the possible downside be? I can't even come up with one. If bums are stoned, I don't see that affecting my life. Giving the foodless munchies seems kind of cruel. Mm, there's that. Mm, Although she said we don't just give them pot, we give them pot and food and oh. toiletries. All right. All right. Who's paying for that? Am I? That's a charity. Okay. Um, not, a lot of your texts are quite unkind. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. That's the internet. That's, uh, yeah, people are being unkind on the internet. It's not how anonymous input normally goes. When did when did social media turn so cruel? I don't know. Huh? I hadn't heard that. Remember when it was just all positive suggestions? Uh, Dear what? Yahoo, thank you for searching for that answer I needed. What do you call that? Sincerely. <laughs> I remember the social social media when it used to be just constructive criticism. Right. Don't hey. take this the wrong way. Right. But the guest that you just had on, I think, was less than accurate. Right. With some of her information, I suggest. Have you considered the possibility that, etc., etc.? Yeah. I respectfully submit that your guest rambled. <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah, well, I tell you what, the gal has opened uh, multiple businesses in multiple countries. Yeah, that's what's that's, interesting. That's, that's some stones, man. That's what's interesting. You know, the uh, the stereotypical stoner is not that ambitious or productive, but she gets a lot done. But she has the speaking pattern of a roommate I once had who would just go on and on and on forever. <laughs> oh, boy. And you might just walk out of the room and come back, and he was still talking. So enough about the dungeons. Tell me about the dragons, you would say to him. <laughs> <laughs> Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
The more she speaks, the more I realize how bad weed is for you. She's doing harm to her own cause. Uh, not fair. I know a couple of people, I've known a handful of people in life, who smoke a lot of pot, and you would never, ever know. They're just as sharp as tacks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Obviously, clearly that's a thing. It, it is. It's got to be some sort of genetic predisposition or uh, or uh, body chemistry thing. Or, I don't know. Um, we did get this serious text. Pot can exacerbate symptoms of psychosis, which many homeless people suffer from. That woman needs to do more drug and alcohol research. I don't know anything about that. There's truth to that, too. Yeah. That would be interesting as a problem. It is a just start complicated mix of issues and solutions and never will be any solutions as well. Um, you know, there's a certain part of humanity that really can't be helped. You'd have to jail them. You'd have to have the benevolent jailings of, you know, days gone by. You know, I'm talking, you know, 16, 17, 1800s, where you round them up and you put them in a prison. Um, and I don't think we want that. But the Bible speaks of beggars in every society. Every society. The Bible! Thank you, Mr. President. So, uh... This is kind of amusing. I don't know if you've heard there are elections coming up, uh, primaries in June in uh, the Golden State, Mm, governor's election, old Uncle Jerry finally going to leave office with his faculties not nearly intact from what I hear from some really good sources. Really? Oh, yeah. He's he's, he's fading fast. How old is he? he? He goofy. He real goofy. How old is Jerry Brown? Somebody figure that out. Um, but there are quite a number of polls taking a look at the races in California, and some of them are very uh, odd and or amusing. 80 years old. Okay. Some people are fine at 80. Some people are definitely not fine at 80. Right, right. And uh, part of it's cognitive and part of it, well, this, this is also cognitive, really. Uh, you're turning into a crazy, grumpy old bastard. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's about time he goes. But anyway. Uh, if you think Gavin Newsom is getting too much love in the polls, then try a Gravis marketing poll pushed by Republican businessman John Cox. It shows him with a 23-22 to 22 lead over Newsom. As I mentioned last week. <clears throat> or what about a post-governor's debate survey by NBC Bay Area last week? This is from the San Francisco Chironicle. That showed that 72% of viewers thought Republican Travis Allen was the debate winner, compared with 5% who gave Newsom the nod. Allen was quick to tweet the numbers, but not the station's cautionary note that it was an online, unscientific poll that allowed any candidate supporters to vote early and often, well, meaning you, it was nothing. It's nothing. You combine that with who won the debate doesn't have anything to do with anything anyway. Yeah. Uh, Moving over to the Senate race, there's the Survey USA poll that asked respondents about only two of the 11 Republicans running and found that voters put Patrick Little, a neo-Nazi from Albany, in second place. <laughs> Neo-Nazis. That's just, uh, that's trolling, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, it is. Uh, in, well, in, but Survey USA, why would they ask about only two of the Republicans running? And I don't know Patrick Little, the neo-Nazi. I've never heard of him. Hmm. At least not that They I'm, didn't give you the choices. I recall. I guess not. Then there's the Berkeley Institute of Governmental Studies survey that found little-known and underfunded Republican James Bradley listed second alphabetically among the GOP hopefuls, running a strong third, which surprised even Bradley. Nobody was more surprised than him. I mean, third? That's one of the most disappointing things about democracy, Oh, is are the studies that have been done forever 
that show the closer you are to the top of the list, the more votes you get. They're indisputable, and and uh, clearly, it's clearly true. Pretty disappointing. Which is why we've gone away from alphabetical <laughs> listing uh, candidates, because, you know, Al Abernathy would win every damn election. <laughs> Poor Zeke Zimwitz would, you know, go, go back to his day job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Zebediah Zemiasis, who has some really good ideas oh, about please. dealing with the budget. He's a moderate. Can't get a sniff. The sheer number of candidates and the length of the primary ballot is a problem for pollsters, said um, one of Bernie Sanders' pollsters. I've never dealt with ballots like this. It's crazy, he said. 27 candidates for governor, 32 people running for Senate. Uh, no easy way to survey voters on a single candidate. Well, and wasn't it California that the last midterm election had... Do you remember what the number was, Marshall? It was like a 28% turnout. I mean, it was just crazy low. Crazy low. You combine that with a whole bunch of different candidates, nobody's paying any attention, yeah. and hardly anybody votes. Anything could happen. You got a, a state where 72% of people don't care enough to vote for any office, and the other 28% will fall for anything that sounds good, or at least a significant percentage of them. That's my perception. That's an editorial comment. So you have That's the, a hell of a way to run a society. You have one of the biggest economies in the world being run by people that were elected. Not, fraudulently is not fair, but... Sloppily, haphazardly. Yeah, haphazardly. Very Practically yeah. accidentally. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And you and and no matter what happens, you can't end up broke enough or crowded enough or expensive enough or whatever to get turnout up to thirty <laughs> percent. So yeah. what does that mean? No, with all the problems and uh, politics in California ought to be at a fever pitch. I'll tell you what it means: the people who are paying feel like they can't change it. I guess because they don't vote. Right. The people that are supposedly downtrodden are not that downtrodden. They're pretty comfortable, right? So they're not motivated enough, and I guess that's where you end up. Well, aren't a lot of people counting on this new uh, mail-in ballot system to uh, up the ante to raise the number of people participating? All you got to do is fill out your ballot, and mail back in. Don't have to go to a polling place or anything else. You know, throughout my life, I've been. Uh, if people are too lazy to to you know take fifteen minutes out of their day to blah blah blah, but at some point, I don't think you should vote if you if you don't care enough to show up to your polling place. But at some it point. Is, it, the elementary school right down the block. I agree with you, but at some point, if people indicate, you know, they actually won't, and you end up with haphazardly chosen people, you got to come up with something, don't you? We, the non-slackers, need to do a better uh, job of turning out our people to the polls. All right. If you're not registered to vote... What should I do? (laughs) Register and vote. Ah. Got it. It's the second part that I was missing. Yeah. Oh, what are, I didn't know what time it was. I thought it would, the show was over. Oh, boy, this is disappointing. This is well, like when you have a sex dream and wake up. Oh, oh no. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Trump, North Korea summit unraveling quickly. Details coming up. Or is it? I thought the show was over. It's Another not. 30 minutes on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Got a major league pitcher, Boston Red Sox pitcher David Price, who was supposed to start against the first place New York Yankees, so it was an important game. Oh, yeah. Who couldn't play because of carpal tunnel due to playing Fortnite too much. <laughs> oh, my man. Oh, no. Isn't that amazing? Oh, no. That's unreal. It is unreal. 
And they talk I mean, about that, that, that's idiotic. Signed Madison Bumgarner on a motocross bike. And they talked about the uh, baseball players and pitchers, especially because they have so much downtime between being needed, how much they're playing Fortnite, and whether either physically or mentally it's exhausting them. <laughs> wow. And this is from Fortune Magazine. This isn't like, you know, TMZ. Or you know, something. this reminds me so much of the, the great 60 Minutes expose on the food industry and how they intentionally have come up with chemical compounds that tant- tantalize your taste buds momentarily and make you crave more, I think our video game manufacturers have made have managed to delve deep within our brains to trigger various pleasure responses till we'll, you know, be like the crack monkey. God, I worry. play ourselves to death. I worry when my kids get hooked on this. You know, there's, there's, there's a hobby, then there's an obsession, and then there's like, you know, really damaging your, your life. Yeah. And I don't know where you cross those various lines. Oof. Yeah, no kidding. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. And I'm here to report North Korea is still not happy. You want that uh, fried or baked? I said baked. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. State media reporting the North may go ahead and pull out of the Trump summit if the U.S. insists it give up on its nuclear program. President Trump responding just moments ago, saying the U.S. hasn't been notified about the North's threat to cancel his planned summit with Kim Jong-un next month. But Trump says he will still insist on the country's denuclearization. couple of points. Number one, when I'm feeling bellicose, I love John Bolton because he's, he's kind of a hard ass about America. Um, and sometimes uh, I think that's appropriate. Sometimes I don't think it's appropriate. But I also, I'm guessing that old uh, fathead is thinking... Uh, well, he's going to just on the eve of the negotiations. He said, that's it. You, you just There's no way you're going to play fair. No way whatsoever. I'm not walking into a fixed negotiation. That's it. That's it. I'm out. Oh, Kim, Kim, please come back to the table. Please come back. Right. We'll, we'll treat you well. We promise. And well, okay, maybe. But the minute things start to get hairy, I'm out of here. It's, it's a good, solid negotiating ploy. We'll see how it goes. Uh, the guy runs a dictatorship. I don't think he's above, you know, jerking people around. North Korean President Kim had been calling out National Security Advisor John Bolton, as Joe mentioned, for saying the North should follow the Libyan model of nuclear disarmament. That is a heck of a thing to say since the guy ended up dead. Yeah, Libya disarmed and then we went ahead and approved them being invaded and and Gaddafi yep. famously uh, rode a bayonet down the street on his last day on Earth. Yeah. So what the hell kind of example is that? That's insane. What the, Was he drunk? Ukrainians gave up their nuclear weapons. They got invaded by Russia. Yeah. Which it's the anniversary of today? Is did it? You, did you see Trump? Uh, not Trump. Putin. Oh, oh, my God. God. I got him mixed up. Listen to you. Hey, Morning Joe called. They got a job for you. <laughs> Putin uh, rode in a tank, or he did something like a Putin-esque. Uh, to uh, to celebrate the whatever year anniversary of them annexing Crimea. Oh, he drove a truck over the new bridge right. to Crimea. That's right. Yeah. They built a new bridge, yeah. uh, symbolizing the fact that we're here to stay, and he drove the first truck across it. And so, guess what? You can, in the 21st century, just go ahead and take land, and nobody's going to stop you. Correct. Unless you arm yourself thoroughly enough that nobody can. I can't help but notice that Putin is building bridges, not walls. (laughs) (laughs) Just announced, Michigan State University's reached a $500 million settlement with hundreds of women and girls who say they were sexually assaulted by sports doctor Larry Nassar. 
in the worst sex abuse case in sports history. Which sounds like something close to justice, but it'll be the taxpayers of Michigan who've never raped anybody who'll end up paying it. And the families and young people of Michigan will pay higher uh, uh, tuition. Yep. Deal announced by the university and lawyers for the 322 victims. Meanwhile, you got a group of nurses at Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital who want the Zuckerberg name removed because of Facebook's privacy scandals. Interesting. So he's he's really on the back foot, isn't he? They say patients are wondering how well a hospital with that name on it is protecting their privacy and say the name scares them. Wow, that that is something. You're a nurse, and his name scares you? No, the patients. Oh. The patients say the name oh, scares do you. I'm sorry. Do you yeah. want to be in the Zuckerberg wing of some hospital? I don't. I assume he's going to see my x-rays, you know? No, but I don't think scared is the right word for what you are. Concerned. I, I wouldn't, I'm I, afraid they're going to put a scope up me, and, and, he, and Zuckerberg's <laughs> going to Facebook Live my innards. I don't think his name on the building has anything to do with my private information, but I'd just assume not honor him. What? Why? Congratulations! You came up with a with a scam where you could steal everybody's info without them knowing it. Pretend you didn't know what you were doing and get wealthy. Congratulations! Well, so, uh, San Francisco General was renamed in 2015 after the Zuckerbergs made a record donation of 75 million dollars to the hospital. So you're telling me if you had like severe arterial b- bleeding going, and uh, you know the paramedics pulled up to say Hitler Memorial Hospital. <laughs> Would you tell them to keep driving? Or would you have them sew you up? But Zuckerberg, who was going to have, you know, rich man's graffiti, his name on a variety of things, he might not have his name on anything. The tide has turned on people's views of Zuckerberg. Ah, tides, though, Jack. They come in, they come out. They They go out. They go out, they come in. Something like that. All right, we've got the NBA playoffs with the Warriors-Rockets tonight. The Toyota Center, Jack Armstrong wearing his Warriors cap, I do believe, for the first time this season. Trying, what, trying to uh, jinx me. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Steph Curry rolls an ankle on the opening play. So, but what time's the game? Uh, 6 o'clock, isn't it? I believe that is correct, yeah. yes. I believe it is 6 p.m. Fast break, Steph Curry, Kevin Garnett, they crash into each other, giving each other severe concussions and rolling into the knees of Clay Thompson. It could happen. If Kevin Garnett's on the court, I am tuning in. That would be a shock to so many. I met the other fella. (laughs) They all look alike. If that does happen. Seven footers. No. That is your only chance to win the bet, Joe. Yeah, what's his name? What is his name? KD. Kevin Durant. There you go. The Durantula. That'd be a heck of a move, though. You bring, out Kevin a, Garnett? you bring in a retired Hall of Famer? Not even on the I roster? I was suggesting it. I just got the name wrong. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. See, I'm starting a Getty show. The conscience of the nation. The Rockets counter with Charles Oakley. <laughs> and Dennis Rodman comes oh. out of the stands. Piercings a jingling. Um, so, this is, uh, we got something damn interesting for you coming up. We'll actually talk about it in depth tomorrow, but I want to tease you with it today. How much of the stuff you do at work you think is worthwhile or a waste of time? I prefer not to think about that. (laughs) Right. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. I just uh, came across this, so I'll mention it. 
USA Today graph. 64% of Americans say the federal government should be required to pass a balanced budget each year. And some people have called for a balanced budget amendment, which would be the law. I was always for that until I heard, uh, I think George Will explain to me why it's unworkable. Yeah, it's, it's really tough, but that doesn't mean we can't get something like that. It's unworkable because there would be never-ending legal challenges because everybody's got their own interpretation of what something's going to cost, a program over time. Right. And you can't come up with an agreement. Mm-hmm. So it would just be never-ending lawsuits over, it'll only cost this much, it'll only cost... You would never get a final number. It just wouldn't work. Right. Which is disappointing and depressing. But. And there are times of crisis as well that you know sometimes you need to go into a little bit of debt. But yeah. well, I think you'd but work that out. But with the two-thirds of people agreeing, though, that it's a principle that we should live within our means unless I'm getting something. Um, you'd think something could be done. But no, read, uh, what do you call it? I can never remember. The, uh, the Moby Dick. Uh, Moby Dick. The Dictator's Moby Dick. The Moby Dictator. No, the Dictator's Handbook. It's great. It's really interesting. We'll talk about this more tomorrow. It's all about you have to buy support in any governmental system one way or the other. And we've just put aside our morals enough that now we're buying support with our kids' money. Simple as that. We're going to talk about this tomorrow uh, in depth. This is from a guy who's an anti-capitalist, but that doesn't mean his uh, his uh, a lot of his premise is not correct. I'm a pro-capitalist, so I think he's wrong about that. But um, you're not just imagining it. Your job is absolutely BS. And this quote caught my attention, and this is why it's so interesting. Huge swaths of people spend their entire working lives performing tasks they secretly believe do not really need to be performed. And that is absolutely 100% true. And uh, we'll get into it more tomorrow, but what it does to people and their enjoyment of life and contribution to companies and just it goes on and on and on. Well, and government workers... Where there is no means for reforming the process or saying this is a waste of time or saying I, I, I'm totally unproductive, I could be doing something else. I mean, that's got to be just a, an well, orgy, we, that sort of thing. We talked earlier about a major uh, hospital system that their computers went down yesterday. And at least for my wife's doctor's appointment, the doctor was thrilled. Right. Um, I can talk to my patients and ask them what's wrong. And a whole bunch of the things that he's, not secretly probably, out loud, knows don't really need to be performed. Tasks that just don't need to be done. Doesn't help anybody. Doesn't do anything. Mm. Uh, you know, that didn't have to do for one day because some computers were down. So we'll get yeah. into that more tomorrow. But that's that's a frustrating... I, I, I don't think that happened as much. And maybe it's just a weird nostalgia thing that... I find it hard to believe that they were that inefficient when it was just farms and blacksmiths or whatever, that no. a bunch of people were doing crap that benefited no one. One of the unintended consequences of you know travel and electronic communication and connection and the rest of it is that it's much easier to centralize things, and modern finance makes that easier, too. And so many things that used to be, I mean, there wasn't such a thing as a national or giant regional medical company that controlled everything. It was just there wasn't. And so, yeah, doctors weren't wasting their time doing dumb stuff because nobody was making them. Um, and that applies, I think, to many, many businesses. And then you got the, the gigantic growth of government in general. And But that's this is how societies become bloated and kind of keel over. They're, you know, they're no longer uh, got their uh, bend at the waist on the balls of their feet moving uh, swiftly side to side. They're kind of bloated and lazy and and tired and unambitious. Playing Fortnite, blowing out their carpal tunnels. (laughs) That's right. That's unbelievable. 
Which is more pathetic, that or Madison Bumgarner wiping out on his uh, his motocross motorcycle? I mean, because that's so incredibly ill-advised. And I like riding motorcycles. I'm not anti. But if I'm a professional baseball player making zillions of dollars, I'm thinking, I probably shouldn't do this. I still would. I guarantee I would have when I was young. Wouldn't even have thought twice about it. I'm not going to wreck, would be my thinking. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. and I'm going to do what's fun. If, I'm going to do what I want to do, and I will criticize you bitterly for it. Yeah, if I if I'm an owner of a sports league, I'm much more comfortable with my players binging video games than going on oh, secret no motorcycle. No, rides. as an owner, I don't want yeah. my star pitcher to motor to motocross. But as a person, I am going to do it to the point that you can't pitch though. Can't play. Coach Marm's killing me from what? Uh, Fortnite. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just sad. It keeps me from skydiving. There's not agreement, apparently, in the medical community whether or not you can get carpal tunnel from Fortnite, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't. What do I know about that? What is, how many buttons I got to press? Soon oh, we'll be running them with our minds, though, so that'll take that off the table. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. You'll, you'll have the VR goggles. You'll be on an omnidirectional uh, treadmill, so you can just walk in place in any direction you want, giving you the feel of moving around. You'll have full haptic body suits, so you can feel the compressions of, of things touching you in the game. It'll... it'll it's, it's going to be a scene, man. But safety harnesses so you can't fall down and <laughs> void your contract as a uh, you know <laughs> setup man. Uh, very quickly, I just want to mention this is very dark, but I want to get to it. The East Area Rapist guy, the Golden State Killer, just monster. R- remember the first several court appearances? He was wheeled into yeah. court with his eyes half closed and his head cut. You know, I'm so feeble. Yeah. Well, they finally abandoned that. Now he walks into court as a fairly robust 70-something-year-old. And I don't know if some lawyer had advised him to do that or what, but... Did somebody just say to him, hey, the whole your feeble act ain't working? Oh, okay. I hope. The guy was doing freaking woodworking in his garage when the cops busted, right. and he's fine. Now, this is actually the end of the show, right? I'm not incorrect this time? Okay. Alexa, play Final Thoughts by Armstrong and Getty. Okay, here's some idiotic musings by a pair of halfwits and their merry band of simpletons. Mm. <laughs> Our merry band of simpletons. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from all of the simpletons. Make them merry, please. Marshall, you first. All right, forget about Fortnite. I'm going to get carpal tunnel the real way. I'm going out and weed this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yes, indeed. Always hurts my back, but it's good for you. Give it to the homeless. The weed? Oh, yeah. I get it. Michelangelo, your final thought. Yeah, parents, check out the latest garden sheds. My mom got all her tools in there, and they're perfect for your lazy son in the backyard. <laughs> Wow. Make your homebound kids move into the shed. Positive Sean, your final thought. Yes, game two of Warriors Rockets tonight. Now, Joe and I have a uh, Ulysses S. Grant on this uh, on this series that the Rockets will not win a game. I am a, I am a fair man. I'm still offering you the chance to buy out of your bet for $49 right now. <laughs> Saving yourself a dollar. Ben Franklin says, step up, biatch. Wow. Whoa. Oh. There you go. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? I'm trying to figure out whether I should admire people who do their stupid tasks they know are pointless at work and just do them instead of getting all worked up about it like I do. Mm. Or is that giving up? I don't know which. Sometimes giving up is liberating. Yeah. Or or just the smart thing to do. Uh, my final thought is that my uh, my little one, Delaney May, is getting home from college today. She's only going to be here for about a week and a half. And uh, and Big D, my son, is coming home to play a little golf with his old man. I'm super happy and really looking forward to it. Practically well, your whole family. Yeah, yeah. Kate is still uh, doing her thing, but uh, we'll correspond or Skype or something. But it's going to be fun. 
You're going to play golf? I am. In the next two days. Big golf tournament. Abandoning the show in its time of need. <laughs> Correct. With international crises on every horizon. Oh, yes, on every Y'all side. can go to hell for all I care. Good luck. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Follow us on the Twitter. Uh, let us know what you think. That's something we ought to be talking about. And, uh, you know, stay in touch, would you? Yeah. There's always something going on in the news, isn't there? We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye bye. Laurel. Laurel. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.